Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm here at the Global Office in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, I'm back here with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. And we uh, love, uh, just love these podcasts where we get to get to hear from from you, Rocky, and, and uh, just your insights. And and I, I think the, the, the message I had a minute ago is we're just kind of wrestling with uh, concepts, we're wrestling with the scriptures, and, mm-hmm. and uh, isn't that what a good journey Participant does anyway is wrestle with things, right? Well, yeah, especially <laughs> scriptures. And when we when we say wrestle with them, what we're doing is we're we're really saying, well, we don't we want to understand it. You know, we don't want to just take it and take it and just think we got it figured out because there's so many other ways the Lord uh, redeposits that scripture into our in the application process of our life and helps us understand this is how it fits there. Yeah. And I think if you ever think you got it all figured out, you're probably in trouble. Well, that's the big part. That's the big problem right there. And if, if you, if you, and that's why you wrestle, mm-hmm. because if you've got it figured out, you don't wrestle with it. That's you right. just say, "Well, I got that figured out," and go on. But boy, I tell you, you're gonna wrestle with life if you do that. Mm-hmm. But you know, at the same time, I don't think he wants us to live in confusion either. I think he wants to reveal his truth to us. You know, yeah, that's right. Nor does he want us to be timid. Yeah. He wants us to, and you know, this is this is important for us to to get our identity, but to understand how we get our identity, uh, it has to be rewritten, doesn't it, Brian? Because the world will try to write our identity from the time we're born and tell us the way we are, the way we're supposed to be, and then Madison Avenue begins a process of uh, bombarding us with the perceptions of what that type guy looks like and how he is able to get it and how he's able to buy it. And mm. That's right. Our, our identity is challenged every day. Every day. And, and so that coming back to Scripture and coming back to this relationship we have with Christ uh, reestablishes the true identity we have, and that's a wrestling match. Mm. Well, you know, we talk about abiding all the time, and that's mm-hmm. obviously our heartbeat and our, our key met sacred message that God didn't right. just give us. He's given it to all, all, everybody, all right. his children. It's in the Word. Um, but there's an aspect in John 15 I wanted us to chew on a little bit today, Rocky, and it's the idea of love and how love is a real key part of the abiding process. Um, obviously, we know you know, if you abide in me, you'll bear fruit. And we know one of the fruits of the Spirit is love, right? Mm-hmm. But later in, uh, I want to read this passage for our listeners. And, and uh, let's talk about this today. Uh, in uh, John 15, starting in verse 9, and I'm in the NIV where uh, the word abide has been translated into remain. Right. So every time I say the word remain, you could say abide. But here's what it says. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. 
Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I learned from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I've read that the other day, and I just thought, gosh, there's just so much in that mm-hmm. passage. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. we could talk about it. You could take one of those verses and journal two pages on it probably. Right. But, um, but what I want to focus on today is abiding in His love. As you know, he says, he says, as the fathers loved me, so I loved you. So remain in my love or abide in my love. And then he says, if you obey my commandments, you'll abide in my love. And then later he says, this is my command. Love each other. Yeah. So trying to make sense of all this, Rocky, well, what do you, what do you, what's your take? Well, okay. Here's the first impression. And just, I just really saw it for the first time right now, because I've been hanging out for a long time on the redundancy of the word abide or remain in John 15. And it's, Jesus repeated it 11 times, I believe it's 11 times in, in about 11 or 12 verses there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look at the redundancy of the word love. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said it many times, didn't he? That's right. So why does why would he say a same word several times in the course of just conversation like you and I are having? Would it not be because of emphasis, mm-hmm. importance, importance to abide slash remain in him importance to remain in his love now the word remain is significant to me versus abide I love the word abide but remain is used and it's the same thing but I like it uh, equally as well because I think we tend toward thinking that the abiding relationship can be is generally when we have a special time with the Lord, a quiet time, mm-hmm. or extended prayer time, or a mountaintop experience. But if you were to now apply the word remain to it, then you would find that, no, there's something more consistent, something more permanent, something that is consistently happening all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And so... I think we have a hard time parking out on how can I have a quiet time consistently all day long. And if we think that's what abiding means, but it really helps us now to insert the word love in it. Mm -hmm. Because when he says to remain in my love, you remain in my love. Uh, and then the, then abide in his love, which abiding means two way him to us, us to him then we see a continuous love connection with him, which is also giving us a continuous abiding relationship with him. Mm. You see, love is the connector in the abiding relationship. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he says, if you obey my commandments, you'll, you will remain in my love. Right. And so, you know, my brain goes, Okay, I'll do it. What, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. What, which commands? What? And then he tells you. Yeah. He doesn't leave us in mystery. He tells us, love each other. Yeah. So, so this is the kind of the interesting thing. The way the way to abide in His love is to love other people. And when He says, uh, you know, to obey Me, means to love Me, right? But what did He just say about obeying? Abide in Me. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same, isn't it? Well, but you can't miss the part of the horizontal love expression. 
You now, know? okay, then wait a minute. Now you're talking about to each other. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. well, but I'm, I'm talking about vertical first. So it's got to start there. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's we, him and me. Because if we don't have his love, we have nothing to give away, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the big connector is that when we are abiding in his love and his love is abiding in us, that's creating the abiding relationship. And what is going to be the, well, what's going to be a fruit of that relationship? It's going to be what's the first fruit? Love. Love. (laughs) (laughs) It's just now it's going to go out horizontally. And what does that look like? In your mind, what does that look like? Your love relationship with Christ and that expression of love outward horizontally Tell me the priority of that expression in your life. Well, we, I agree with what we put forth in the journey, which is, you know, if you're married, you should be loving your spouse, your most intimate earthly relationship he's given you, you know, and the second behind that is your kids, you know, and then, and then there's all sorts of relationships that God's given us. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people do a great job of loving their immediate family, but they're not loving their you know the ex, you know, the, the cousins, the, unlovable. The, the, you know, the people in the family they don't talk to very much, yeah, or yeah. or some people start loving their parents very good. You know their their older parents are just mm-hmm. not you know, and I you know I just think we just have to that's a way to test ourselves a little bit I think because it should be a flow of love uh, into people that we touch that yeah. we have influence with. Absolutely, and uh, and you know again. How do you, I mean, do we originate that love or is that love a fruit of the relationship? Yeah, I think it has to be, has to be the fruit. Because we talk about that. If, yeah. you, if you just say, I'm going to be loving today, you know, you can't will yourself to go be more loving yeah. today. I mean, you can try. So, <laughs> you know, so if we want to try something, let's try loving Jesus more. Yeah. And you know, letting him love us more. And let's just park out on that for a while. But I'm going to tell you, it's not going to stay there. It's going to work its way out. And, you know, uh, I think the scriptures say that when we love our, our wives, it's like loving ourselves, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I think that when we, when we take care of her, we take care of ourselves. Uh, the, the key is, is that there are so many instructions that the Lord gives in his commandments that we don't understand. But when we begin to do them, whether they're naturally, that comes out of that love connection, or we do it out of obedience, when we don't really understand, but we know we need to, he begins to reveal himself. And I think that's what the passage says. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he, who, he, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I'll love him, and I'll disclose myself to him. Now, I love that disclose myself to him. Mm. That means I'll reveal more to you. Mm. I will show you more. I will fill in the blanks on when I ask you to do something and you don't understand, but you just do it because you're my disciple. And when you do it, then you'll begin to see, I'll begin to show you the benefit of that. Well, you know, when you said that, I just thought of the fact that scripture says that God is love. Mm -hmm. You know, so if, if Jesus is love, you know that we, as we get to know love more, we'll get to know Jesus more, right? Right. Or vice versa. Right. You know, I was thinking of an experience I had. I think it was the first or second year I went through the journey, and and one of the things, the epiphanies for me, I think about going through the journey was just knowing how much I was loved by the Father. Yeah. I don't think I thought I was worth being loved. You know, and and in uh, one day in particular, I just said, Lord, would you just show me, show me how much you love me? And He blessed me with just an overwhelming 
presence of his love in my life. And what happened was as soon as I just felt that, all of a sudden I started thinking about other people. And, and I'd had a con- argument with one of my daughters and, I, and it didn't go very well and, and, it, and sent her off to school with us fighting or, you know, in, in an argument, we were locked button heads on something. And God just prompted me after that time to go to the school and pull her out of school hmm. and go take her and, and, you know, and talk to her and, and tell her I was sorry and, and just wanted it to be right with us, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I just had this, I was emotional all morning. I couldn't, I couldn't, the tears wouldn't stop coming out. It was weird. I couldn't, I just felt so, so much love, but it was, it was, so he answered my prayer, yeah. you know, but, but I guess the point of it is when you feel awash with his love, it can't help but have an outlet out to other people. It has to. It has to. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think this is what he's talking about here. Well, you know, tears oftentimes are an affirmation of obedience. I think that it's kind of like we use the word, uh, you know, I got it. I really get this now. I get what you're saying. We hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is kind of we get it when when God says do something and we don't know why. I mean, really, seriously. How many fathers would get their daughter out of school and bring her aside and tell her in tears that I'm, I'm so sorry? How many would see that as an urgency? Mm-hmm. I imagine you wouldn't in the flesh. Right, right. But I think there was something akin to what was going on in your your walk with Christ that was helping you to feel sensitive and feel his leadership. And, 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 I, and I almost feel like sometimes when something like that happens, I can feel the affirmation of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes it leads to tears, tears of gladness, mm-hmm. and also just a, a little bit of a brokenness too, a sweet tears. Well, you know, we were talking, uh, we were doing some, guide training at lunch, even just today, and you were talking about when you're doing the things God wants you to do, you feel His joy, Mm -hmm. His pleasure, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think similarly, you could say we feel His love. When we're loving other people, I think we feel His love in return. It's like He's proud of us for for being an extension of His love to other people, it seems like. You know, Brian, the more I uh, uh, am understanding this uh, intimate abiding relationship with Christ, and believe me, I haven't got it figured out, but I've been at it for several years, Mm -hmm. and and He's teaching me. He's revealing more and more to me. And one of the things that I do believe is happening is that, you know, the Scriptures say that and it says, do you not know your temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells within you? So basic 101 Christianity is that when we receive Jesus Christ into our life, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us at that point. Now, check the theology out. I mean, that's just 101. Mm-hmm. And if you might want to not agree with it, but it's you won't have a theological uh, leg to stand on because that's the way it works. Now, the question is this, is that what part does he play? Does he play a dominant part or does he play a minor part? Mm -hmm. And this is the work of sanctification that we began to surrender more and more of ourself. Die to self is what Paul said. I've been crucified with Christ is what Paul said. Living sacrifice is what Paul said. So it's a matter of where the Spirit of God is a small part of our internal being, but as we start growing in Christ, then he becomes a dominant part in our life. And when we begin to abide in him, 
then this is when the dominant work of the Spirit begins to work His way from the inside to the outside. Yeah. All right? Now, doesn't it make sense that if He lives within us and He begins to play a dominant part in our life, that we will feel Him, uh, that we will feel His grief, Mm-hmm. that we will feel his alerts, that we will feel his conviction of sin, mm-hmm. and we will feel his joy. Mm-hmm. We will feel his delight. Uh, I do believe that. And and so the, the last few years, God's been showing me more and more that, and I'm listening to it. I'm listening to him when I feel the grief of the Spirit within me. I'm, okay, what's going on here? What's he seeing that's hurting here in me? Is it something I'm doing or is it something somebody else is doing? I can feel his grief. And then then I, I, I think the worst grief is when I feel like it's, I, I realize it's, it's me, I'm grieving him. Mm-hmm. And this is when I began to turn away from that. And if I don't, I'll quench the spirit. It means his ability to work through my life is quenched. I'm not able to love like him. I'm not able to serve like him, not able to present him. I'm presenting the flesh, not the spirit. So the point I'm making in all of that is what is the great motivation for me? And that is to a motivation to want to keep that intimate connection open with him all the time is motivated by his love for me mm. and my love for him, not perfectionism not legalism, not driven by performance, not needing to try to win his love. I've got it. It's driven because I've gotten his love. Mm. And I want him to enjoy it. I want to feel his joy. There's a difference there. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, I believe what you're saying about uh, men men and women becoming spirit-led and, and starting to live their lives, not for themselves, but letting the Spirit control their lives. And that leads them to, into a life of love. And I mean, I think these are thoughts or concepts you had. You were wrestling with yourself, but now here it is, what, 16 years later, whatever it is, and you're seeing it. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing it. About 20 years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 20 years later, you're seeing it. We're seeing it all around us, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. this is why this ministry is growing, is because people are are starting to change and they're starting to love people better. And, and that draws more people in to want to... Hey, how'd you become so more so much more loving? You know, we always talk about Tom, our our regional director here, and 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 uh, he loves to be the poster child for this. But uh, apparently, he wasn't real loving in his former life. But then God <laughs> got hold of him, and now he's one of the yeah. He's a, a loving guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he is. Just, he's all in for the Lord. You know, so we've seen it, haven't we? I mean, these aren't just theories. We've seen it. Yeah, and you know, the thing about it is, I, I even you know, if you go back before twenty years ago, you go back to forty years ago. You know, I had a serious commitment to wanting to walk with Jesus, but I took a I took a route that was more about trying to change Rocky outside in. Yeah, and I didn't address the issues of the heart. I didn't address the. I didn't know there there was any issues of the heart. I just thought it was sheer obedience and perseverance, and just buckle down and make it happen. You know, do what I had to do. And 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 I was doing about the best. A human being could do, but it wasn't good enough, and I was frustrated. And I, and I really do believe that the thing that changed me was that I just kind of gave up on me. 
and I just began to enter into the thankfulness and the love for Christ, the love connection. And when that happened, then he began to really change me. Um, and I could, I never, never got per- perfect in any way, form, or fashion. In fact, my flaws are pretty obvious to most people. But I think that, I think what happened is it just gave me some form of, of ability to change. And you know, when you, you think about a spirit-led life, I think that in the old days, I'd have been afraid of that. I'd hear that and say, I mean, I don't want that. Those people kooky. You know, they're, they're Sounds charismatic or something, yeah. Yeah, of course, you know, we're all charismatic. Uh-huh. Uh, you might not speak in tongues, but we all have spiritual gifts, and that's what charisma means, spiritual gift. And, and I think there's there that's out of balance uh, from the standpoint of understanding. And I think some people have gifts and certain gifts. Some people have certain gifts. Some people don't. And there's no superiority. There's no hierarchy. We all play a different part in the body of Christ, and we celebrate that. And that's what we do at Influencers. You know, we work with all forms of denominations in church, from Pentecostal to Methodist to Baptist to Catholic to people who love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we find that that is the core need, is that people really want to know Jesus. They want to know what that really means to have an abiding relationship with Him. And we don't address those other issues. We don't have to. We let Him talk to Him about it. But, you know, the, the, the key thing, that is what seems to be, have has been forgotten. And that it's not about performance, it's not about religion, it's not even about a righteous way based on a theological doctrinal view. Man, you get, you can really get uh, missing the heart there if you're not careful. It's about, it's about that intimate walk with Jesus Christ and learning to know what His commandments are. Learning to walk in His commandments, learning to be led by His Spirit. And when we do that, things fall in place in the right way. Mm-hmm. I was thinking another verse, uh, back to the love. You, he says, you show you're my disciples if you love one another. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of prove that you're a disciple. You know, it's not, so it's not by doing a bunch of stuff, you know, and, and I mean, He's going to have you do things. But the most important thing we can do is just love other people. Yeah. I mean, and again, that seems like a, Untangible things, you know, something you can't really get your brain around. But I think we know it. I mean, well, we have to. If you talk about the disciplines here, you know, Jesus had uh, disciples around him that were jealous of each other. I mean, they were, you know, nudging for position. Let me sit on your right. Let me sit on your left. And everybody got indignant. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. And so, I, and I think he was saying that. He says, "Quit competing with each other." You want to show people that you're my disciple. Love each other. And do you connect it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Connect what's going on here. He was telling them, you want to be my disciple? Love each other. Mm. Don't don't let this stuff go on with you. And and I'm reminded of of the body of Christ now. I hate it when churches are jealous of each other and envious of each other and ministries are envious of others and jealous of others. I hate it when they put them down. I don't want us to ever do that, Brian. You know, there we God has given us a very special ministry, and we're we're entrusted of a stewardship of a message. Mm-hmm. 
to bring the body of Christ, the kingdom of God, back to an intimate relationship with Christ. That's our mission. We're not trying to sell a ministry. We're not trying to promote a ministry. We're trying to get the message out there. And we want to help other ministries embrace that message. We want them to be empowered to make disciples in whatever they do, whatever church they're in, whatever denomination they're in, wherever their position, we want them to connect with the King of Kings, bring Him glory, and make disciples. And we do believe that we're going to make disciples when, when we get them into an abiding relationship with Him. We want to help them. Yeah. But I don't want us to ever think that you know that we're the standard right because we're not we're just messengers that's right well and, and you at this guidelines we were at you asked the guys why, why do you lead journey groups you said why, why do you do it and uh, I was just thinking about you know a good reason we do it is because we love Jesus because you know he, you do you want to do things for people that you love you know even in your family and all that you kind of want to do nice things you want to you want to please people that you love because you love them. You know, yeah. you want to you want to do something, bless them by doing things. And I think that's a good motivation for leading a journey group because he asked us to make disciples, and we love him, so we want to go do what he, the things he wants us to do. Yeah. You know, don't you think? Yeah. Well, you know, we've got thousands of journey groups and guides that are leading, and and there are different motivations. Uh, but I think the purest motivation is we just want to help them see Jesus like well, how we're seeing him. Mm-hmm. We want them to be blessed like we've been blessed. We we feel like that we have a stewardship of grace, that he's given us this grace, and, and it's for other people to be included in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the purest motivation we do it. Now, not everybody has that pure motivation. Some people feel like they still have to win God's love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just looking for the next thing comes along to prove it. Some people are doing just the next thing comes along. They're not satisfied with the last one. They check it off and they're looking for the next one. They check it off and looking for the next one, check it off. And we tell them that, you know, this is one of those things that you don't have to check off because it's the foundation of your relationship that we're trying to build. And then when you build that, then all the other things you add to it later on will really make sense. Mm-hmm. You'll read the scriptures differently. You'll be hungry for the scriptures. Uh, you'll have relationships that are different. You'll have a greater motivation for serving now. All of it comes back to that intimate abiding relationship with Christ. So uh, if we could just get that message out, if we could break through those predispositions that people have about you know, uh, looking for a magic elixir curriculum that's going to change them, you know, I yeah. mean, it doesn't happen that way. But mm-hmm. if you can get somebody through a curriculum that takes them into proximity with Christ, it will change them. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, our mission. Yeah, and it, it, I think guides sometimes get intimidated, or, or people thinking about guiding get intimidated about the prospect of it. Like they got to have all this biblical knowledge. They got to, you know, they're afraid they won't have all the answers, or they're not equipped. And it's just like you know. All you got to do is just go have your abiding relationship and just and then just let, you know, just invite the other guys to, to join you on, on your journey. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, I was reading this this morning. I told you about it when and Paul was talking about First Corinthians 2. Uh, first verse is that. And when I came to you, brothers did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. 
For I decided to know nothing, know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power, so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And, you know, if we feel like that, you know, we've got to be the superstar to guide a group, if we feel like it's up to us to change a person, if we feel like it's up to us to have the wisdom and the articulation and all the other stuff, uh, then we're missing the point. Mm. We, The point is we're entering into a partnership with God to help reach his men and draw them to him. Right. We're an instrument in his hand. Mm -hmm. And the best instrument is when we're dependent on him, not in our strength, but in our weakness in our dependence on him. And you know, even a person like me who has a gift of teaching, when I lead a group, I don't I don't teach. If I do, I'll, I'll, I'll destroy the group. Mm -hmm. I've gotta let them struggle with it. I've gotta let the Holy Spirit teach them. I've got to love them. I've got to encourage them toward his love. But beyond that, you know, it's totally, totally up to him and them. That's right, that's right. Well, thank you for your time, Rockies. I, I, I really do think this was some good stuff, and uh, hopefully uh, people are challenged to uh, not make it complicated, but just go go spend some time loving God and letting Him love you, and, and then just see where that takes you, I think. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, it, and let me tell you what, it will take you to places that you never uh, understood before, and you, you will see, you'll see a tenderness that will sneak into your life. It will surprise you. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't be surprised by that, though, because that's that's when the work of the Spirit is starting to show up in your life. You need to thank Him for it, and you need to keep it delicately dependent on Him because, you know, you can lose it with pride. Mm -hmm. And just always keep it about Him. Let Him be the superstar here. <laughs> Make Him famous, and you'll be okay. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, you've been listening to the Influencers Network podcast. Uh We'd love to help you get plugged into our journey process, which is our nine-month discipleship process. Uh, to find out more information, you can go to www.influencers.org, and we have some good information there. And uh, you can also send us a message, and we'll help you get plugged in as well. And also uh, remember that you can uh, l listen to other podcasts we've recorded. Go to uh, the resource tab on our website and look at podcasts, and there's been lots of other great interviews with different people around the country. And even a few weeks ago, we had someone from Egypt that we interviewed. So uh, anyway, those are really interesting for you and a good resource for you to share with others. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. Uh, Going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.